yo, 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 yo. Welcome to episode number 56 of the Basketball Card Podcast. I'm your host, Adam. Uh, you can reach me at the real 27 guy on Instagram uh, or email me at basketballcardfanatic at gmail.com. Uh, welcome again to basketball to the basketball card podcast. This is the original basketball card podcast, and that is why it is called the basketball card podcast. I uh, I want to tell you, I, I don't think it's um, I don't think it's any secret. This uh, world of of sports card post podcasting and content uh, over the course of the last year, especially, has blown up in a way that. Um, I could never have predicted um, back when I started in 2016 uh, or 2015. I took a three-year hiatus, um, but I'm back and have been recording every couple of weeks. And so for those of you who are new, I've looked at the numbers. I know there's a lot of people who have been listening recently who hadn't been listening up until recently. I want to thank you for joining. I'm grateful that you would uh, listen, that you download the podcast. Obviously, always like and appreciate any sort of sharing or liking or leaving ratings and that sort of thing. And feel free to leave me any feedback if you want to as well. Um, I have a very quick episode for you guys today. Um, I haven't been able to record because uh, I've had so much other life stuff going on. Uh, the holidays uh, were great for my family. Um, there's nothing better than being a dad, and in particular, there's nothing better than being a dad of three young kids during the Christmas holidays. But we're into the new year now, and um, there's there's lots of things to talk about. And so I wanted to record a quick one t- today because there's something specific that I wanted to talk to you guys about. My recent grading experience that as I get fur- far, farther and farther away from, I think, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to record. But I thought that there was enough good content there that it deserved its own podcast. So anyway, um, I wanted to do that today. But before I really get to that, I uh, wanted to obviously plug uh, Basketball Card Fanatic Issue 5 releases next Saturday, so um, you know that's coming up quickly. Uh, I, I know it feels like I pump and plug that thing like crazy, but I want you guys to know, Issue 5 is good. <laughs> issue 5 is really, really good, and um, if you are not a subscriber, I think you, I think you should get Issue 5. Issue 5 is the best one yet. Um, I feel like we've progressed in ways that I feel really great about. So, um, I, uh, I just, I think you should do it. So just telling you that now and we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. All right. Um, that's again, that's next Saturday, January the 9th. If you want to, if you want to grab an issue or if you want to just grab that issue, it's just 10 bucks and go to paypal.me slash basketball card, paypal.me slash basketball card, put in 10, uh, put in the 10 bucks send it send it my way and uh, and yeah you'll 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 get that next Saturday along with everybody else so I'd love it and appreciate it if you'd if you're interested in that okay all right today I want to t- tell you about um, my grading experience um, from this past uh, from this past year finally got my box back uh, about two weeks ago and I want to tell you about that experience because it encapsulates a lot of what was frustrating about 2020 um, and some of the problems that came in 2020 because of the boom. Um, I did another episode on on uh, the boom called, you know, when when the when the boom uh, uh, grinds the hobby ecosystem to a halt or something like that. 
And so I don't want to belabor that, but I want to tell you this story in particular because there's so many things to it that I think are, are that you can learn from and things that you guys might find entertaining or in, interesting. So um, it all starts kind of let me let me let me give let me give this as a background. Um, I have graded a ton historically. Um, for those of you who've been around for a long, long time, you know I've I've been around for a long time. I've been in the hobby for over thirty years. Um, I worked at a card shop for a long time and the hobby's been really the main, the basketball card hobby's been like the main hobby of my life. Um, it has, um, been financially good, good to me, but more than that, it's been, um, it's been something that I've just really enjoyed for really my whole life. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not a stranger to grading. I've done a lot of grading over the years. But after all of the, you know, after all of the, the scandal surrounding trimming and other issues back in 2018, I didn't grade anything for a couple of years. And that might surprise you, some of you guys, because so many people, so many people have made so much money and been able to grow their, their PCs, um, through grading and through flipping those cards. That has never been my way of sort of growing my PC in the hobby. As we talked about before, there's a million ways to collect and there's a million ways for growing your collection. And um, mine has never been through just grading stuff and then selling it. Um, but I know that it is for a lot of people. Not looking down on it, but after what happened with you know the graders in 2018 and sort of realizing some of their faults, and reali- realizing maybe how, how many issues those companies had and how many cards that they'd graded incorrectly and really losing a lot of confidence in them. I thought there's no reason to grade my cards anymore. And so I didn't, um, for, for a few years, but as a couple years went by, um, it did seem like some of the cards, uh, my collection had had grown so much in value that I really wanted to have them graded, um, so that I could point to that grade later when I wanted to say, Hey, you know, this is how my card stacks up in my collection, or if I were ever to sell some of those cards. So, um, I had a couple of cards that I really especially wanted to get graded. I had, or I, I have, I haven't sold any of these things, but I have the, uh, the Kobe Bryant 2012 gold prism, one of 10, the Trey Young optic gold vinyl. Uh, that's the super fractor as they called it in tops Chrome rookie card. I had, um, a quad auto with Jordan LeBron, Kobe and Garnett, um, and I had a few other cards that I really wanted to get graded, and more importantly than that, I had a friend who um, brought me his childhood collection that he'd put together with his dad. I've talked about this one on the the podcast a couple times. They had the most amazing collection from the mid eight from the mid eighties. They had three Jordan Fleer rookies. They had a Jordan XRC from Star. They had another 16 Jordan Star cards and three Fleer sticker rookies and just all amazing stuff that had basically gone untouched that was sitting in the original recessed um, uh, uh, recessed holders or the ones that weren't recessed they had put in sleeves. And so these cards just hadn't been touched in literally in over 30 years since the late 80s. And uh, you could tell in the box that it had been, the boxes were older than that too. They just had it in their family safe um, for, for all that time. 
um, or like a cabinet or something, they, they, they told me. And so I, I wanted to help them. The reason that that, that that part of the story is important is I wanted to be able to help them to move their cards. That's why they came to me. They wanted me to help them move their cards in a way that would get them the most money. Well, since I had some cards that I knew that I had to get graded, these FLIR cards, you just goes without saying, you have to grade those. You have to grade this, the, the big money, really nice uh, stuff that uh, has been counterfeited in the past. Um, because you want, you need to be able to prove to, to a buyer that it isn't counterfeited, that it's not um, trimmed and that sort of thing. And so um, I've done several submissions over the last few months because of that. Well, this first submission that I was leading up to was all this really crazy high-end stuff that I just didn't feel comfortable having out of my hands for too long, um, especially with COVID and and how the greater how the grading um, companies had been shut down for a bit. I wanted to get the cards out and back graded as fast as possible. So I did whatever the fastest submission is. I think it's two days or whatever for you know the Kobe Gold, the Trey, and all and a few of those Jordan cards, the Jordan XRC and the Jordan Fleer card Fleer rookies. I did them all you know two days, and I got them back reasonably quickly. And I thought, okay, well that was nice. I'm glad that I got those back quickly. Got a couple of my cards back. Got the cards back for my friend. Um, started helping him move some of those. Some of them he actually ended up. Uh, he and his dad ended up deciding that they wanted to keep. Um, and so I was feeling pretty good about it, right? Like was good to good to get stuff back um but i still had a whole bunch of stuff from his collection including those 16 star cards that i told you guys about um, and i figured that i'd send in some of my stuff that i had in my collection that was more higher end because um, i've always liked the beckett holders and i kind of wanted you know for protection's sake a lot of those cards to be in those holders whether they're whether they were the highest grades didn't matter as much to me, but I I just you know I had some higher end stuff that I thought it'd be nice to just have this stuff graded while I'm you know sending in this other stuff and I didn't need it to come back really quickly and um, so I sent it in on a thirty day. Um, that was my first mistake. <laughs> um, that package had just to tell you guys just a little bit about um, what was in it. Like I said, the 16 jar, star Jordan cards, um, most of those were from a Jordan-only set. I forget what it's called. It might be like MJ, you know, Best of the Best or something. something. I, can't, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's a 10-card star, 1985 or 1986 uh, Michael Jordan set. All 10 cards are of Jordan. And then there were six or five or six other Jordan star cards that, that went in with it. And then there was my stuff that I included with this package that, um, that that I sent to Beckett. And by the way, Star isn't graded by PSA, so it had to go to Beckett, right? That was the only place that I could send it. But um, I sent a bunch of my stuff with it, and I, I've always traditionally really liked having thicker cards go to Beckett. Um, um, I'm kind of I could go either way on on the on some of the thinner cards, but the thicker cards I've always um, much much preferred the Beckett holder. So. Here's a list of some of the things that I sent. Uh, not not total, li not complete list, but here's a list of some of them. So I sent the LeBron James 2017 uh, National Treasures Base Platinum. So that's the base card that's the 101 version, the 101 in parallel of the base card. Pretty big card. Um, I sent a Kobe MJ 2002 SP Game Used Dual Autograph to 25. 
I sent a Kobe Bryant uh, first year noir. Uh, I think that's 2015, if I remember right. Or maybe it's 2014, actually. I can't remember. No, it's first year, though. Uh, first year noir logo man tag auto, number to three. A Vince Carter 2005 uh, number pieces, exquisite. It's his first number pieces card, number 15. Uh, Andre Iguodala number pieces, number nine of nine from his rookie year. So his jersey number on the number pieces. Um, a Joel Embiid uh, RPA out of um, uh, the the silhouettes number twenty one of twenty five again another number another jersey number card, and Allen Iverson retro credentials. Um, it's the the better version, the future version, which is numbered to nine. Uh, Bill Russell's first autographed jersey card out of Legends, number fifty of fifty. So the last one made of the very first Bill Russell autographed jersey card. Um, Kobe's first Revolution autograph in really great condition. Um, a, Co- a Kevin Durant um, Ultimate Collection RPA. A lot of people don't know he has an RPA, but uh, Adam Ultimate Collection. But Ultimate every year does um, does a, an, an RPA out of 25, and it's probably the best patch of, of any of those that I've seen. So, you know, I, that's a big... That's a big, nice lot of cards that I included. But again, I didn't need them that quickly because, you know, they're they're cards that I wasn't anticipating selling. I'm still not anticipating selling any of those. And so I was just like, yeah, I'll just get them there and get them back. And whenever they come, we'll be fine. Um, Well, what's happened over the last several months, as a lot of you know, is the market has moved incredibly. And those cards that I sent in, along with those 15 or 16 Jordan Star cards, um, have obviously increased in value tremendously. And um, and at the same time, the grading companies, but, per, but particularly Beckett, have been totally overwhelmed and unable to um, respond in a timely manner at all. And so it turns out that that 30-day idea was just really a, a really bad idea. Um, I sent those cards in on July 17th, 2020. And um, historically, whenever I've sent something in to Beckett, um, the first thing that happens is either the day that it gets there or the next day, you get um, an email that says, we have received your order makes sense that they would send that email when, when they receive it because in a lot of cases like this one, you're sending a great deal of value to them and that's their way of saying, just so you know, we've got you. This this package has arrived and it will be processed in whatever time. But even not you know excluding the, it'll be processed in whatever time, it's just nice to know that it gets there, right? I was doing a lot of other things at the time. I had a lot of big projects going on, so I didn't actually t- check the tracking. I know that sounds insane because because it's a really, really valuable box, right? but I didn't check the tracking. A few weeks goes by, and um, I know most most of my other all my other packages got to their places okay. I hadn't really thought about it. And then one day I was sort of just sitting there at work, and I realized, you know what? I don't think I ever got that confirmation email. But I wasn't shocked about that because I'd heard that they were having some issues with being really slow right now. And um, notwithstanding the the, the um, submission that I had done a few weeks prior that had gone so well, I figured, you know, this is a 30-day. It's just, it's going to take a while. It's going to take longer than 30 business days. I get that. 
it's fine. It's going to take a lot longer than 30 business days. That's fine. I get that. Um, so I waited a little while longer. After about three or four weeks, I was like, you know, I need to check at least the tracking on this because it's not even gotten there. This is this is weird. So I go to find my tracking. Well, I made a huge mistake. Huge mistake number two. I couldn't find my receipt, guys. I couldn't find my tracking. I didn't know where my package was. And I was suddenly now very worried because um, although I'd never had any issues with Beckett, I've had, and I've seen issues with the post office. I've actually done pretty well with the post office too. I've had very, very few issues, but now I need. Now I don't know if the package is there. I don't know if everything's okay, and I am just worried. I look all over my house. Well, in one in one place that I basically have never put a receipt before, I finally find it. Finally, get the receipt. And go look online, and I can see that the that the package was delivered and signed for by somebody at Beckett's website. Phew, big, you know, relief moment. Everything's okay. They've got the package right, and I'm sure that in the next few weeks, at some point, they're gonna they're gonna update it. And, you know, it's only been a month now. It's 30 days. It's, it's gonna take probably twice that long, and they'll update it at some point. A couple more weeks goes by. Nothing. Nothing at all. And I, you know, just keep waiting and waiting. And um, it's, you know, it's starting to, again, just kind of just carry on and on. And I'm like, man, what is going on? Is this, is this ever going to, is this ever going to get there? Well, in early October, so about three months after, or two and a half months, something like 11 weeks after I've submitted the, the cards and I've yet to hear anything from Beckett confirming that I that they've even received my cards. I've kind of finally had enough. I've tried calling several times, and I haven't been able to get a hold of anybody. So I reach out to uh, somebody who I've dealt with previously over there, a rep, and the rep sends back some, some very brief emails that basically say, you know, yeah, we are completely overwhelmed, but just so you know, your, your 30 days is not even, you know, it's not even close. Um, you, if you want... If you want for to to get the if you want to bump it up a lot here, you can bump it to a ten day service. Um, and if you bump it to a ten day service, it's going to cost you an extra ten dollars a card. So for me, that was an extra like three hundred dollars. Um, uh, but or you can bump it to a five day. Well, I I thought about it. A ten day or a five day. Those seem like pretty similar. Um, time frames to me, but the difference is that a five day would cost an extra forty dollars a card, and this is confusing now, right? Because um, when you hear ten day and five day, you're like, "But wait, Adam, you've already waited three months, right? If you've already waited three months, what does that mean?" So, so I was effectively paying more money now to get my cards back way later than I had than I had paid for, right? Like I'd paid for thirty business days, and now I was upgrading to a 10 day and he, he said 10 days are averaging 95 business days and i was like oh my goodness 10 days 95 business days but it was either that or pay 40 dollars a card which is going to be over a thousand dollars extra to me and again i didn't even really care to have the cards so um i have the cards graded other than the star cards for my friend um, that, that I needed to get graded to be able to really sell those at max value. Um, the other stuff I just didn't care about and I didn't really feel like, feel permission to say, well, on this group, can we just 
do this and on that group can we do that and, and i did want to get the cards back especially with covid and things and so i i but i went i just went with the ten dollars and i thought okay we'll just wait till the 95 days so i wait a couple more you know another month or two and i get into um you know probably like the end of november and i i'm like okay we got to be in close to this 90 days so i do the math and it's been it's been 90 days and so i messaged the guy and i said hey just want to make sure if this still looks good and he said yeah you're getting close um he's like yeah the average on this has been 95 to 105 days and i was like oh shoot well maybe i do have to f wait a few more weeks so i wait three more weeks and after i wait three more weeks he tells me that the average has moved from 105 to 115 so in those three weeks i actually didn't make up a single day um, in those three weeks, I had not moved forward in line at all. And he explained to me that what had happened is that there had been a lot of people who had submitted fast um, submissions, and so that had actually bumped mine back. And to me, that um, that was really like the final straw. And I said to him, I said, I, I, can't, I can't do this anymore. And I actually said something I'd never really thought to ask a, a grader before, but I said, can you just send me can you just send me my cards back now? Um, I'm, I don't even need them graded. If you could just send them back, that would be great. Well, after a little bit, we were able to, to finally get those cards graded and, and I didn't, and, and, and that, that was, that was great. It's, they've, they've, they've now gotten back and, um, you know, it took, it took, um, almost, it took five, over five months to, to get the cards back. Um, I forgot to mention in the middle of that uh, very key, or no, I did mention the 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 ten day. So so in the end, my ten day submission it started as a thirty day, but whether I would have started as a thirty or a ten is actually irrelevant here, um, because they were giving me the ten day treatment in the end. In the end, a ten day um, order uh, took over five months to receive, and um, it took a number of phone calls and. It took a number of emails and working with them, and I'm grateful that they were able to get it done and get the cards back to me. I just don't actually care too much that the cards got graded, though. And I don't... Um, it didn't add any value to my cards. Um, let, let me... Let, I, I, I'm coming across as kind of more jaded than I am right now, but it was a really bad experience. Um, and I told you about the, the, the mistakes that I made. Um, I think... I learned some things, and I want to talk about some of those things, but I also want to talk about some of the, the things from when I got the cards back that I think are interesting, that I think you guys may, um, that you guys may be interested to know. Um, I made a huge beginning, or a huge mistake at the beginning. There was really no reason to grade these cards. Most of them, as I just listed off to you, most of them are jersey-numbered, like, um, rare, like, important cards for the players and they're there i was just getting them graded so that they could be in the similar cases as, as other cards in my collection you know sort of for uniformity's sake that just doesn't matter though like you know i think about like how i think that'll protect them and how i think the the grades make them look better in a lot of cases it just doesn't matter that much though it it is nice it's nice to have the card in the holder and all that but it doesn't matter that much and it for the time and for the for the cost i just it's hard to imagine me really even grading cards again except for when i have like um a situation where i'm going to sell or it, there are some some specific cards where it's where where the 
the grade or the condition really matter. Um, but those aren't usually the cards that I sort of collect. I care less about that than, than a lot of people do. Um, and so I don't know if I'll grade again. That sounds strange, but um, I think I should have just kept them raw. And, um, you know, they're not, they weren't cards that I was looking to move. So um, I think I think those were some some mistakes. When I got the cards back, there were a couple. There were three things that I noticed that I that I want to describe. The first thing that I want that I want to say uh, that's a real positive actually is that the cases at Beckett have been upgraded. You may not have realized this if you are just somebody who is looking online um, at, at the cases, but the cases feel. Um, better they feel like a higher quality sturdier they feel uh, sleek or um, they look they look clearer too I noticed this especially on the Kobe revolution autograph it just looked you know the PSA case looks so clear um, the revolution looked really clear through the Beckett case and I think it's worth mentioning that because you know, Beckett's taken a lot of flack this year, and I, again, for good reason, but if um, if they really have improved their cases, I think it's worth mentioning, and I felt like the cases were a lot nicer, there was no cracking, they didn't look like they would crack, they just looked a lot nicer than they have in the past, and I kept, as I was looking at them, I thought, maybe this is in my mind, but it, it's, it's not, they're definitely different, you know, Beckett went through... Um, if you haven't heard about this, Beckett went through some issues a little while ago where some of their cases were being faked. And there was a patent number on the bottom of the case. That patent number is no longer there. By the way, for those of you who are worried about Beckett's cases being faked, PSAs have been faked many times before. Uh, not the current model of the case, but several cases in the past have been compromised. So this is just something that you need to know about in the hobby. Um, most of you who are listening probably know this already it's old news to you but uh, for those of you who who don't know that you know just because you see a holder doesn't mean that the holder is real and so you got to know that the card on the inside is real and uh, that's why you know one of our favorite sayings around here is buy the card not the grade um, buy the card not the grade a, a lot of people really are, are paying for that slab and I and um, I think that comes from, an, in, from a real investing mindset where you think of the card more as a stock than as something that's meaningful to you. Um, again, not, there's nothing wrong with that. Collect how you like. Um, uh, that's, that's, that's for you to do your own thing. Um, but I, but I want to mention that. Um, uh, the cases are better. Number two, the grades were low. Everybody who has ever gotten their cards graded says that. I know, I know, I know, I know. I think I'm pretty realistic on these things. You know, when I sent in the tray gold vinyl a little while ago, I knew it was either a 9.5 or a 9, and I knew that the centering would either get that 8.5 or it would get bumped to a 9. I had several people, I asked a lot of people, and I had people tell me it really does have a really good chance at a 9.5, but you don't know for sure. It uh, it came back with the 8.5 centering, and so it got a 9, and I was fine with that, whatever. Never going to try to have it bumped. That's not how I roll. It's not how I do things. Um, but it could be a 9.5. 100% could be a 9.5. It's just, it's not how I do things. Um, it was fine that, that I got that, though, because it was within sort of the realm of what I what I thought. All of those other cards that I sent in on that submission were in the realm of what I thought. The Jordan autograph, the, the quad autograph probably deserved a 10 on the grade, and it got a 9. So there's a couple little nitpicky things here and there. What I will tell you about this submission is that every single card, guys, every single card, in the submission 
was a half grade or more less than the range of what I thought was was normal. You know, almost every card you can say this will be a nine or a nine five. This will be an eight five or a nine. And for those of us who've been doing it for a long time, we get really good at it with reasonable accuracy. You know, ninety to ninety five percent of the time, you you know how something's going to grade. None of these cards graded as high as I thought they would. Not any of them. None of them, guys. I just I'm trying to be as clear as I can be. There, it is so crystal clear to me that if you got your card graded months ago versus now, you made a right, you made a good decision. And I, you hear people sort of talking about this out there. I'm confirming that this is true. Um, there was uh, the Jordan. I mean, I just go through it. The Jordan dual, uh, the Jordan Kobe dual autograph out of SP game used is a gem mint card. If it's not a gem mint card, it's definitely a mint card. Eight five. Like I just looked at it and I'm like, okay, I guess. Every card in the submission was like that. Nothing even got the grade where I was like, yeah, that's that. You know, it'll at least. I guess the the Joel Embiid um, I sent in in a PSA nine case, and I was like, because um, the PSA nine case cracked a little bit, and I'd rather have that card in a BGS case because, again, I don't like PSA thick cases. So um, that card came back as a nine. But other than that one, guys, nothing, like nothing came back as high as it should have. Um, you know, we could just we could just go down the list. The Bill Russell um, autographed jersey is one of the nicest cards I've ever seen um, as far as corners, edges, you know, technically the, 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 the surface, the, um, the, the, the technical aspects of the card are perfect. Straight up nine. It's like, okay. Like, that, that card you could have convinced me was a 10. You can't convince me that it was a 9. But all the subgrades were 9s. Like, it's like they're... It's like they are trying to not make any mistakes right now by giving anything that's too high. The Kobe Revolution is another one. The Kobe Revolution is a gem mint card. It got a 9. Um, the KD Ultimate Collection out of 25, uh, I thought 8, 5, or 9. It was an 8. Um, and so, you know, obviously I'm... I'm bitter and I'm frustrated that things didn't come back as high as they could have, but I don't actually care a lot. Like it's not, they're not cards I'm going to sell. Um, I, I think that, you know, maybe there's a chance that people will understand that this period in best Beckett's history, maybe just, just isn't very good. Um, and, and so that, but that, I mean, that makes the whole thing even more frustrating because I waited all this time to get a bunch of cards back that were graded lower than they normally are. Uh, the AI retro credentials, like an 8.5, was given an 8 on centering. And you just like, you look at it and you go, what are you guys doing? You know? Um, but, you know, they still, they still, I, I, I looked at a couple of the cards and I, I still said in a couple of cases, you know what, I think they actually did get this right. And so, um, you know, it makes you sort of like, oh, maybe, maybe this is right. But in, in the vast majority of the cases, I thought they were totally wrong. Um, the next thing that I learned that I think is really that was really interesting is um, that the uh, the company definitely gets things wrong in terms of trimming sometimes, and I'll tell you why why I know that in this case. Um, I mentioned my friend's collection that has sat for thirty years. Um, well, those cards, uh, those Jordan Star cards, four of them came back trimmed. Four of the Jordan Star cards came back trimmed. Now you could say, well, Adam, it is possible that those were trimmed back in the 1980s, and you are right. Things could have been trimmed a long time ago. I'm willing to acknowledge that. The thing that I'm not willing to acknowledge is this. 
he had the bag that had all the original Jordans in it, the 10-card Jordan set. One of those came back trimmed, which would have meant that my friend and his dad would have had to trim that card. There is literally no chance <laughs> that that happened. Um, the other ones that they said are trimmed, I think, are very unlikely to be trimmed. To be fair, I had, didn't look at them too, super carefully for trimming evidence because they've been sitting in a they've been sitting um, in a in a box for the last thirty something years, and I know that that is true. I know that that is true. Um, so if they were trimmed, they were literally trimmed back in the 1980s. Um, those cards are notorious for being off-centered, and so they the ones that they they claimed are, are trimmed are off-centered. I should take a better look at them. Um, but the seeing the one that was from the bag just left a bitter taste in my mouth because I know that that one's not trimmed. There's, I just know it. So it's just frustrating, guys, when, when that sort of thing happens. Um, so... Um, I, I just wanted to share this whole experience with you guys because I feel like there's a lot of things to learn there. It was um, it was not worth my time and effort. It was not worth my money. It was not worth any of that those things. I, I still needed to send in the star stuff, but if I had to do it over again, I would just send the star stuff in, make that money for my for my buddy, and the, the rest of the stuff is just not worth it. Um, I want to kind of transition a little bit and say a, a couple of other a couple of other things. Um, the first thing is, uh, <laughs> I've had I've read a couple of things lately, where people have, uh, where people have uh, talked about the idea of, um, what am I thinking of, the saying that I often that I often give, which is the buy buy what you like saying, uh, the very popular and awesome uh, meme count on Instagram who I love, by the way, and who is a, a Trey fan like me, uh, Lameem James, posted posted that, and he said, he said, um, I can't remember exactly what it said at this point, but it was funny, I laughed at it. It was like, um, you know, buy what you like, uh, that's, you know, that's what, that's what those people who, who were buying early uh, say. And it made me laugh because the, the thing that I guess, I guess I've never really realized is there's this connotation where, um, when people say buy what you like, it's kind of, like there's also this idea like that there's a, an amount of cash that's associated with what you with what you like, right? Like you don't just get to buy everything that you like because stuff is really expensive, and that is a really good point. The thing that I want to say is when I say buy what you like, there's there's something else encompassed in that. Like what I'm not saying, I want to make sure I clarify this. When I say to you guys that you should buy what you like, I'm not saying buy whatever you like. Okay, I'm not just saying regardless of price or you know buy whatever you can afford. I'm not. That's what. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm actually saying, the longer version that I would say is, you know, don't buy what other people tell you to buy. Don't buy what is popular um, amongst groups of people who you might be seeking to impress. Buy what you like. Does that make sense? Make sense? It's not about like buying something it's not about like the money i'm not talking about that i'm not talking about like um and i'm i'm definitely somebody who lives massively within a budget and so um, i'm not saying overspend i'm not saying a lot of those things but what i'm really saying is don't go out and just seek to to keep up with the joneses you know don't seek to just do what other people think you should do 
we haven't we have an article coming up in the magazine i believe in issue six so the one that comes out in february yes we're we're quite ahead we have a lot of people who are writing um um who are who are interested and kind and good about about um about supporting the magazine who i'm very grateful for and um, i believe it's in in that issue where where one of where one um really smart collector talks about how keeping up with the joneses uh is not what you need to do and it's not helpful and it really resonated with me um i read it the other day as we were planning for for issue five um and it just it just really occurred to me you know like don't do that it doesn't help you it's not good um it doesn't do you any good to try to just buy things to to be popular or um to be well liked in our hobby don't do that by what you like so that's really what i'm saying there but like i said i got a kick out of lumim's uh, out of his his uh, uh meme he's hilarious he's one of the best follows on instagram um there's lots of funny things that he that he shares um he does these weird um he does these weird ones where like he makes trey young look like a girl those ones are weird lumim if you're listening to this those are strange. Those those aren't exactly my thing, um, but some of the other stuff is really funny, and um, so I I love him and think he does a really good job. But I wanted to clarify that because I think that's really important. Um, twenty twenty, just some quick reflections on twenty twenty, so we can look back. We can look back and then never have to look back at it again. Um, from the perspective of the world, it was a, a year like any other, like like um, like no other. Um, and, um, you know, I think we'll all look back at it with, you know, just sort of this, gosh, at least I survived feeling. Um, it was really hard, right? Um, for those of you out there who, like, my, my family kept me sane. I have such a, I just have such a good support system. Like, I have my kids and my wife, and life is good. For those of you who, are, who don't have some of those things... I, I can imagine it was particularly difficult. Um, even if you're a you know somebody who's a loner, and somebody who who doesn't want to have people around you a lot. Like 2020 was hard, and so I hope that the hobby was good for you. The hobby certainly, as a whole, took in more people and took in more money than it has ever taken in um, during my lifetime. Uh, the the hobby was booming in a way that I just couldn't have ever imagined that it would. And and now here we are at the beginning of it, it, it just doesn't seem like there's any sign of ever slowing. Um, the infrastructure, as we've talked about on this podcast, and as I've talked about ad nauseum on Instagram, the infrastructure is having massive investments placed in it. And that uh, those investments in the technologies and in the people and in um, the processes and the grading companies and the consigners and in really guys like in the marketplaces in 20 different ways that money is going to create um, an ecosystem that is strong and it just i've been saying this for years guys like you know when people are like see i told you that i told you that you see you hear people do this on podcasts all the time like try not to do that too much like i literally have been talking about these things for years like i started talking about a card hedge fund four years ago 
and I had people who were well known in our community like kind of laugh at me like Adam that's not something that can work it's not like it's happening um, you know the whole fractional the whole fractional ownership idea like we've been talking about this for years guys it was always going to happen there were always going to be card funds there's always going to be fractional ownership um, athletes were always going to come back and buy into cards we were always these sort of things were always going to happen and they've happened and hopefully you listened along the way and hopefully I listened along the way right like hopefully we like hopefully we all took the right advice and made the right decisions because if you did make the right advice you probably have seen some really incredible appreciation this is something Andy talked about in, in, uh, in issue 4 um, and he said something to the degree of like if you if you love cards or if you saw something in the in the investment potential in this you saw something that really smart people didn't see for a long time and I think that's really cool um, you know, that's basically what he said and I agree with him um, it is really cool um, and we're not at the end of this. We're not getting near the end of this. This has a lot of room still to grow, and there are a lot of people who are very vested. And there's more people who are trying to build to bring people every day. We have legitimate, like, like famous people who are coming into the hobby, guys. We're hearing about the hobby every day on ESPN. Um, we have. I made the joke at the beginning of this episode about about podcasts. Like we have, I don't even know how many dozens of podcasts. Um, probably like a hundred or more podcasts at this point. To think of where we were back when I started, and to think about where we are now, it's it's unbelievable. And we're forty two minutes into this podcast. I don't know how many of you have have listened this whole time, but like there are people who are listening to hours of basketball card content every day and it's not just dorks like me who are spewing nonsense it's like really smart people um and people who people who know what they're doing and so for those of you who have been here for a while who, who have been highly invested in cards or said another way who have bought all the cards that you wanted to get that were higher end and felt like you were taking a risk a couple of years ago when you were buying a card for five hundred dollars and that card's now worth you know ten thousand dollars ten thousand dollars like congratulations to you because um, because you saw something that other people didn't you took risks that other people didn't and it's worked out for you and uh, and I hope that I have been a little bit of that I hope that I've been able to add to that and engage with you in some way that gave you some sort of confidence to, to do that I'm, I have had some people over the course of the last couple of weeks this has been kind of cool but I have had some people over the last couple of weeks to say to me hey Adam Thank you over the years for talking the way that you have, honestly and openly, not in a way where you're trying to just promote your own things, but where you've been willing to just say, hey, here's what I think is going on in the market, and this is what I think you should do, because your ideas have resonated with me, and um, and I have made decisions that have been based on that. It kind of scares me, because I don't want to be making your decisions. I don't want to really influence that, but I, you know like to like to at least say you know hopefully hopefully though you've been able to feel based on you know how i collect and based on how i look at the hobby hopefully you've been able to get this sort of sense from me and in all the things that i've said on this podcast that this is something that we kind of saw that was a possibility and saw that might happen and here we are and uh 
who knows what will happen going forward, but it's cool to be here right now. Um, if you have made it to this point, if you've made it for 44 minutes in, um, I'd like to make you an offer. You ready for this offer? Here it is. I said at the beginning, issue five is good. Guys, issue five is so good. I was looking at it, to, um, I just let you see behind the curtain a little bit. Um, the articles are done. They've been sent to Black Griffin Cards, where he will do a lot of incredible design work. He is, guys, he's amazing. He makes that magazine look good. I've seen the cover. The cover looks amazing. He he hasn't showed me any of the other stuff on the inside, but I know I know what's in this month. I know what the indices look like. We changed the indices a little bit along with some of the data, or some of the not some of the data. I shouldn't say that. Some of the we've we've added a couple things to those to those pages. The articles this month are like the interview. The whole thing is so I I'm I'm like bursting out of myself right now. I should just tell you like issue five is so good. It is the it is so good. It is so so good, and I um am like pleading with you to please order issue five it's only ten dollars guys if you saw the number of hours that go into creating this this magazine i think you'd feel great to know that you're only spending ten dollars you may even think you don't like a you don't want to read a magazine you may not think that you that you that you need that in your life i'm just telling you order issue five if you don't like it i've said this before if you don't like it tell me and i will give you your money back um if you like issue five and you think if or you know if you, if you can think of somebody who you can share it with, please do. For those of you who have made it to this point in the podcast, we're at the end. Here's the deal: I'd love for you to be able to get issue five, ten bucks, and it's yours. If you um, if you just want that, that's great. Just just get issue five, ten bucks, and it's yours. Again, PayPal that PayPal dot me slash basketball card. Here's two other offers for you. Okay, just for you guys who have made it to the end of this podcast. Um, if you want to get caught up from the beginning, if you are somebody who's listened to me for years or whatever, if you like the podcast and you want to learn about, um, if you want to see what this magazine is all about and you want to get it from the beginning, I will give you issues one through five for 35 bucks. Same website, basketball card or paypal.me slash basketball card. Uh, it says on the website all these different amounts. Just pay the thirty-five. I'll make sure you get issues one through five. Okay, and then lastly, if you want everything from the beginning, issue one all the way through issue thirteen, so a year subscription, it's yours for eighty bucks. Okay, eighty bucks for the subscription, thirty-five dollars for the first five, or ten bucks for just issue five. I would love to get it to you. I think the magazine is progressing and has become something that I think will be meaningful to you, even if you don't think you're a magazine person. Just please get issue five. It's really good, guys. It's really, really good, and I think you'll love it. Um, uh, hope you hope you don't mind that plug here at the end. Thanks for, uh, thanks for listening to the story about the grading today. This isn't anything against Beckett. Um, I know they've had just a one heck of a year. I can't even imagine what the challenges have been like. And I'm sure they've just worked so, so hard, but we all collect in our own way, right? And my way isn't to, I just don't need to grade cards. I'm going to buy lots more cards that are already graded, but um, if I buy a card that's raw, 
I, unless I'm buying something to flip, I just don't see any reason why I would grade it. And um, it's sad, but that's that's where I'm at at this point. I shouldn't say it's sad. It's not sad. It's just I just don't care. It just doesn't matter to me what what that what, what that number is on the outside. I care to look at it. I care to look at the edges and the corners and the centering and the surface. And I like to make sure that I know that it's not trimmed and altered in any way. But I don't think that card grading actually does a tremendous job of that. I think I sorry. I think it's true. I think they've proven through time that they have made a lot of mistakes, and it doesn't satisfy my need. Right? I want the card. The grade matters less. Um, <laughs> how's that? It's not going to be a popular opinion, but I always tell you guys what I actually think, and that's what I think. Um, Again, give me a like and a review and all those sort of things. That if 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 you do like the podcast, um, I need to have more people on here, more guests. I've had a lot of people asking if they can be on, and who who want to be on. I would love to give everybody a chance to be on. I'm just terrible at planning, guys. Tonight it's uh, it's one thirty in the morning as I record this right now, and I told my wife I'd come to bed at midnight. So, it gives you an idea. Like I'm, I just I just get these episodes in when I can had these things on my mind but um wanted to share these things with you guys today i hope some of it some of it's been entertaining and um and helpful um and uh and as i always say at every at the end of every podcast until next time